Hello and welcome to Let the Good Dice Roll, an exalted retrospective podcast that cannot be posted because unfortunately I might get sued by Hirohiko Araki for ripping off literally half of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, a man known for literally not giving a shit about copyright infringement. But still. This is, uh, this is episode 15, and I am Brendan, and I am joined by... Christina! Hi, guys! So, uh, we're actually getting towards the very tail end of when we were using Exalted 3rd Edition. Uh, we're about to make that switch to Godbound that we've hinted at for, uh, well, basically since we started. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to say before I get into it? Uh, yeah, um, I apologize to anyone who listened to that last Mage episode. Not because of the quality. The quality on that Mage episode was fantastic. I could actually listen to it in my car, not just my headphones. Nice. What I wanted to apologize about is is that I said that I would have the new mic running by now. Unfortunately, our boom arm has not been delivered yet, and I'm not going to hang that $150 mic off of our chandelier like Ryan suggested that we do. It'd be really funny, but really hazardous and awful if it failed. Also, if it failed and the mic, like, dropped on the table and it broke, I would be extraordinarily upset because, again, it's $150. It's true. Anyways, let's go ahead and uh, get into this session. So, it's going to be a little weird because I'm going to read a little bit of this first session that we're going to talk about, and then we're going to pause... Brendan's going to talk a little bit about a session that I wasn't here for, uh, that just a couple of players were there for, which we've I believe we've mentioned before. The, the Thorns episode. And then we're going to jump to a mini session that I have with Brendan for just me that's about two weeks or a month after this session, and then we're going to jump back to this session so that everything we kind of to, flows in the to, right time. We also need to jump to Behemoth's mini-session okay. as well. Yeah, so it's going to be a little bit of jumping around, but I'll try and give you guys a heads up of when it's jumping. It's going to be a lot more of me uh, having, to having to remember everything. The Thorn session I remember very vividly. Behemoth's mini-session, not so much. That's fine. Just like the, the key points of that. So it's going to be a little bit of jumping around, but I'll try and... Uh, let you guys know where to jump in. We just want to make sure everything flows in the correct order so it's not like, oh yeah, by the way, this happened a month later, but this actually happened at the same time that this happened. Because uh, while they were all in Thorns, I had my mini-session, and Behemoth had his session, which all happened at the same time when the group was just split up. And also, since that we looked over the notes earlier, we knew that this was going to come up, as opposed to last time when the... the Marry my daughter episode happened with the with the uh, with the inn. Yeah, with, with I'm the so sad inn. I missed that, but I did enjoy uh, Gen Con. That you was should fun. be sad that you missed that Thorns episode. That was that I, was the best. I don't know how Storm would react being in Thorns. Honestly, I feel like I might out have. Of I the... told you what happened in Thorns. Yes, you have. Okay, I just wanted to know. Like, yeah, I more or less know the key points of what happened in Thorns because the players also told me during this session what happened as well. Um, I feel like probably out of everybody, Storm would have been the the least bothered, maybe, on some aspects of it. I feel like that it probably would have, you probably, <clears throat> everybody was rolling uh, Limit at some point. I yeah. think that I if I knew that you were there, I probably would have had something set up for you to roll Limit as well. Yeah, I mean, you just had to put kids in there suffering and that probably would have hit her. But that's the only thing that probably would have hit her. I mean, that does happen. Yeah, that's the only thing that would have upset her. Otherwise, she would have just been like, let's just do what we came here for and then get the fuck out. 
This session starts on Sunday, March the 4th of 2018. It starts with uh, Radiant Wisdom uh, has Behemoth in the Cull. And uh, something about Infallible Messenger as well. Um... I think that is. I think Radiant Wisdom might have been one of those other names for Faith. It might have been because I can never remember <clears throat> his fucking name. So yeah, he had uh, the Morgan Freeman scenario had uh, Behemoth in the call. Yeah, uh, the call. I think we mentioned last episode. Yeah, we might we mentioned the call. I believe. Yeah. We find out that uh, Shadow Throne has spies in Sunshade about. 2% of the population Sunshade is actually working for Shadow Throne. I mean, that's not really a surprise because spies infiltrate. I mean, Storm And also, uh, despite your best efforts, he still has the biggest spy network in creation. Look, he's been around a hell of a lot longer oh, than yes, Storm he has. has. He's been around longer than technically Abyssals have been around. Yeah, because of the wibbly wobbly way he is. But if you think about it, like, it makes sense. But compared to him, Storm is a pretty good big spy network. I know that wasn't a real sentence, but <laughs> you know what you're, I mean. You're at number sec. You're 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 at number second. Yeah, we're doing but, great uh, tonight. Yeah, already. we're doing great with words tonight. Um, but your spy network, um, basically until I think the very tail end of the game, your spy <laughs> network could almost never rival his. Yeah, I mean it got really good at the end, but. Eh. Well, I mean, that that was the point, is it was supposed to get good at the end, but it wasn't supposed to be, like, there was always there, going There's to be... no way I was going to rival him, but I like to think, it, uh, my biased opinion is I had the second best five network. You you did. Yeah. At this point, you did, but there's a huge gap between number one and number two. It's like having, it's like having uh, a high schooler do, like, do, like, the 100-meter sprint or something, or whatever, like, the big Olympic thing is. And, like, it's all high schoolers, and then Usain Bolt. Yeah. Like, but, and, and Shadow every, Throne and is then, Bolt. And then everybody else is, like, kindergartners trying to do it. No, no, it's still, like, high schoolers, so it's still, like, a competition, mm -hmm. but it's, like, an un, it's a very unfair competition. Yeah. I still think mine was better than most of the other ones, besides his. But, like I said, that's my biased opinion on it. Well, basically, we knew they were there, and if we sussed any of them out, then, you know, we would handle on a case-by-case -case basis. So, the group ends up meeting up in Yushan, and I guess technically you should probably talk about Mahila's mini-session right here, yep. because this is relevance. So, because uh, Devin couldn't make it to the previous game, I believe, where you guys got your homeowners association threat from Chajop Kajak, um, Behemoth goes up to Yushan this time to... Um, to ba basically with a, uh, he goes up there after his, uh, his adventures in the call. Um, basically what he does is he has been given the mission by Mara to take down the black boar in the call. Uh, he goes, he has a very close fight, a one-on-one -on -one fight with the, with the black boar, but eventually ends up winning. Once that he does that, he finds in, uh, he basically takes the black boar and his thing is he's supposed to drink the blood and then present the body to Mara. He does that because Behemoth's a sorcerer, so he can kind of just do that. Yeah, he can that, just yeah. kind of be like, hey, I'm going to summon Mara. And like the terms of our agreement have been met. So Mara just kind of, you know, shows up. Bamps in there. Bamps in there. Um, 
But inside of this cave where the black boar was, he finds an infernal who speaks with a, uh, if I recall, he kind of spoke with a British accent. I or, or my interpretation so. of a British accent. Kind of a, if I remember correctly, I think it was a more of a, like a broken British. So my interpretation of a British accent. Sure, we'll go with that. He was just like, he was, um, God. Um, I'll, in, I'll, I'll say his name later. In Austin Powers, he's the guy, the, the accent that I used was the guy from Austin Powers who gets put into the, who gets like dumped into the fire Oh, uh, Mustafa or something. I don't and he's remember. just like, hello, I'm still alive down here, but my legs are broken. I'm very badly burned. Can you send someone down? Like, I I want to say that that was the voice That's that I used. That's probably right. This is, this is two years ago. I don't remember exactly. So, um, yeah, he finds this guy, and because this guy is a crafter... He has, like, no attack charms. So he just kind of goes, Oh, you took down the black boar! Thanks, I was its prisoner! Oh, I'm your prisoner now. Okay, I guess we're going up to you, Shan, then. Alright. Yep. Yep. So, we all get up, we all meet up in Yushan. Oh, but the reason, uh, real quick, sorry, the reason for that is that now Behemoth still has his sorcery, but does not have the sorcerer's drawback of anytime he sleeps with someone, he takes their soul. Yep. But, I mean, that was what he was using to power stuff, so... Well, we find Behemoth with this guy that we don't recognize as his prisoner down in our basement, because we had a basement, uh... And this guy kind of looks like this mad scientist uh, feel to him. Mm-hmm. And when we find out he's an infernal, which at this point we actually know what infernals are. Um, because Storm's mom and bullshit. Uh, Correct. His short name is Abel, but his full title is Prelude to Domination. Mm-hmm. He's a defiler cast, which is kind of the Twilight equivalent. And uh, we find out that he's actually the castmate to Storm's mother. So he follows under uh, the fucker that I don't like, that I can't think of her name right now. Cecily. No. That's um, what I have, castmate to my mother, written down. So he shouldn't be following Cecily because the Yozi only get like 10 infernal soul or only get 10 solar souls. I don't know. I'm he just, is... I'm just looking at my notes. That's okay, well, well, then I misspoke. Uh, so he's the circle mate to your mother. Should be the correct term. Ah. But infernals typically work in a circle based That's off of their... That's my mistake of, of the, miswriting they it. They work off of their, uh, basically like, Ebon Dragon, Malpheus, Cecilene, uh, Adderjan, and... Yeah, they're the Yozi. She who lives within her name. Yeah. And I want to say that he's she who lives within her name's, uh... Fucking defiler cast. Uh, d- yeah. Uh, yeah, not not defi- I think she was within her name. It just makes the defiler cast. I, I don't know. I just have cast uh, mate written down, but it's probably supposed to be circle. I mate. think it's supposed to be circle mate. That's fine. Either way, he knows Storm's mom. E- whatever. Um, but yeah, we go to Yushan. We have a, a escort while we're there. Uh, Plague of Trust is also with us. Or meets us there, or something like that. He's there. He's there. That's all I know. He snuck his ass into there. um, To get to Seeker. To get to Seeker. Um, I'm trying to remember how he did it. Oh, 
Percival let him in. Yeah, because Percival talks of uh, playing a trust off to the side, which is the next part of the note that I was yeah. about to read. Uh, and they're, they're talking about using Armand's and Yushan as a base of operations, which was interesting. So, like I said, we put Abel in a, in a jail cell in the Mons, and then uh, we go to talk in kind of our soundproof area of the Mons because we always try to have a soundproof area in all the places we're at because fuck it, we Since can't I, trust anybody once anymore. I gave you, once I gave you guys the idea of having a meeting room, you guys consistently made meeting rooms wherever you could go. Because it made sense to make a soundproof meeting room. You never know who the fuck is listening. Right? You have to remember, I played a spy, assassin person, and I'm paranoid as is when I play characters like that. So I'm just like, is there anybody around? Let me check see if there's anybody around. Make a fucking soundproof room. Nobody's going to hear us. We got this. So uh, we find out that Wayward has a son named the Crimson King that was raised by Delilah and the Baroness. And uh, that Shadow Throne was his mentor, which is just... Just great. It's it's totally just, fine. Just great. This is great. This is Everything's great. Everything's fine. We also find out that Talisman owns Denensor, and that Five Days of Darkness is helping Behemoth with his wild shaping. I'm going to mess up her name, but I have uh, Anaheim the, Fa- the Far Flyer loves Annie the- Cham. Annie Cham. I couldn't tell if that was an E or a C. Annie Cham the Far Flyer. Hearts, the Prince of Theft is literally written in my notes that way. <laughs> yes, that is Julia's old character from the uh, from the Lunars game that we ran years and years ago, and that character will once we run our Lunars Pirates game, that character will be making. I know, a I'm so excited. Big, big appearance. Like, let me put it this way: like this game focuses um, very heavily on Prince of Theft being the leader, but the notes that I have written up for when that game starts up is literally oh yeah and she's in love with this solar named prince of theft like he rarely gets mentioned as like a big deal at all it's all like any this any that any this because it's a lunar's focus game so you want to focus on the lunar leader not her solar mate yeah no it's entirely fair uh we also invited the lintha because i don't know why we just did for some reason. You invited the Lintha? It's written. It says invited Lintha. I feel like that's wrong. I wouldn't have written it down unless there was some premise for it. I think that I think that Devin was trying to make a deal with the Lintha. Maybe? Cause Devin because Devin was playing the Eclipse cast, which we often forget because he was just a fighter. <laughs> yeah. And then uh Percy tried to hunt a mantis. Do you remember what that was about? Yes, he tried to hunt the Redwood Mantis and was unsuccessful about it. The Redwood Mantis is a mantis the size of a bunch of redwood trees that hides in a redwood forest. And sometimes people find it. And sometimes they don't. And when they find it, bad things happen. Because it's the size of the Juggernaut. Not that Juggernaut. <laughs> I know, I know. It's the, it's the Juggernaut of Thorns. Yep. So, I'm going to switch over to group stuff that we all decided to do, more or less, or talk about. Uh, so, we made the Temple for Five Days of Darkness. Uh, Behemoth made a BS deal with Shadow Throne and Dancer's Abyssal Circle for a meeting for the last day of calibration. This Which made me so happy to hear. This technically happens, but it also technically it doesn't, doesn't. Because the... This is technically the last year because I think that in a month we get told out of character that John and Craig are moving. So I have to 
move my plans up rapidly from yeah. from having the the opera be the season three finale to it being oh god i've got to get the season two finale done yep uh i also have boofer equals doof prince so i don't know if i mentioned what our little doof princeling's name was but it's boofer just a random note I think that you called it Doof Prince last time, and now and now it's like, no, it's Boofer. Yeah. Well, either one worked, so. And then uh, we found out that Talisman, Percival, Wayward, Diego, Digby, and Surefire all went to Thorns, and that the Mask of Winters threw a reception for all of them with some very weird entertainments. So I'm going to let Brendan tell you about that trip, that lovely trip to Thorns that they got to have. And then after he's done with that... I'm going to talk about what Storm did in her mini-session, because she went to Rathus. So, Thorns. Thorns is a city that I believe that we've mentioned in passing about how that no one ever wants to go there. Specifically not Devin and Christina, because they know what Thorns is. Yes, nobody else really knew what Thorns was, and Devin Thorns, was like, fuck that shit. Thorns used to be one of the artistic uh, kind of satellite cities of the realm until... A couple years ago, when the Mask of Winter showed up with the Juggernaut, which is, um, as I mentioned earlier, is a behemoth-sized undead that he raised out of the uh, out of the underworld and brought into creation, and used that to basically sack Thorns, and he turned all of Thorns and the surrounding area into a Shadowland. So basically, the the Mask of Winters has been uh, in charge of Thorns for for the last couple of years. Uh, it, no one really likes that he's in charge of thorns. And, but who's going to stop him? But who's going to stop him? Because that juggernaut cannot be stopped at this point. Um, so the group of Digby, um, Surefire, Diego, Talisman, Percy, and Wayward went to thorns. Uh, they went to thorns actually after Talisman took Denonzor. Which I have to now talk about Denonzor. God. Denonzor being the first stage crafting city, the way that uh, basically if you go within a certain radius of it, it, you basically have to start making massive willpower rolls. Unless, of course, you have certain charms, which no one had at the time. To basically not go crazy and run away from Denonzor because there's some bullshit going on there. What The way that Talisman got, got around this is she made remote-controlled... Golems. I remember Julia mentioning that, actually. So she had Surefire, Digby, and Diego control the remote-controlled golems and basically get into Denzor, get past its defenses, and shut off whatever was causing the madness field, which was a shit ton of artifacts that all got activated at the same time, and their combined, like, weirdness kind of caused this madness field to happen. And in doing so, she got a, she got an item that becomes useful later on in the game. And I want to say that it was a sliver of a giant mirror. I don't remember that off the top of Once my head right now. Once we get to uh, a certain Godbound... Um, I believe you. I'm sure it happens. It's just not triggering anything in my memory. Well, yeah, because you weren't there, and she probably didn't mention it until uh, that point. And like, but basically, this thing becomes super useful later on, but right now is not. It happens. Uh, but also now she has control of Denzor, which is a first stage crafting city. So her crafting abilities have been 
exponentially increased. Yeah, and then I don't. It comes up later, I'm sure. But didn't she put Thornton in charge of Denisor? Yes, she did. She put her uh, her crafting ally Thornton in charge. Uh, Over time, this causes him to exalt as a Twilight cast. Eh, I mean, worse things can happen. So. Back to Thorns. The reason the group went to Thorns is they wanted to get information on the Crimson King and the Maiden Beneath the Waves. Because it's been hinted at multiple times at this point that the Mask of Winters has that information. Yeah, which is why we sent him, like, I think, a talent of Jade, or we might have sent that to the Bull and North. We sent a lot of fruit baskets and gift baskets and shit to people. That, that and would... I think we sent him gift baskets, and I know... At least my character had asked uh, Ghost and some other people to try and find out information mm-hmm. about them, and they said they would get back to us eventually. So, And this is basically where it got back to them. Yeah. Uh, because the group decided that they actually wanted to talk with him. Yeah. So I was like, I'm sure that Christina would be fine with letting them get the information. So they take the, they take the flying boat to, uh, to Thorns. In doing so... They land a couple miles out, and uh, because the Mask of Winters and the Abyssal Circle has specifically said, please land a couple miles out, we will have uh, a thing to greet you and everything like that. And Craig left Digby in charge of the boat. And at this point you guys had uh, communication necklaces or earrings or something. We had necklaces. And Digby's just like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stay here. Or maybe it was, I I think it was Diego. Yeah, we had, the whole... The it was whole Diego because he had actual, like, sail yeah. charms and yeah. he had, uh... Yeah, the whole immediate circle had the ne- the necklaces, um, and then, the like, our very close, like, second-in-command allies each had one. So, they go a couple miles into Thorns. Uh, this is before the Shadowlands starts happening. They meet a group that are there, and they are basically like, Hello, how are you all doing? They're just a bunch of mortals. Yes, 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 we've heard that you're coming for the Mask of Winter's grand party. We've set up a feast for you here today. If you want to eat anything, you can. The, they, they start questioning this person, and the, the person who's just immortal is just like, Oh, I'm the Shogun of Agriculture, and blah, blah, blah. And basically just kind of giving, like, kind of... I mean, there's a farm going, and there's a bunch of stuff, and they're just like, okay, yeah, that's cool, but we're not hungry right now. Can you just lead us to Thorns? And they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll take you to Thorns. And the group goes past where kind of a lot, like, they're following the road, and the road looks normal, even once they get into the Shadowlands. Like, there's farms and little people just kind of, like, scurrying about and just kind of doing whatever. And people start making perception checks, and I'm just like... Okay, um, if you have any kind of awareness charm, some people did. Yeah, you you see past uh, a little bit, and you can see that there is a Shadowland on, like, either side of this fertile field. But if you don't make a perception check, if you're not looking for it, you don't notice it. But you can see, like, murders of, like, crows on, on, like, flocking around, like, just outside of, like, your field of vision. Unless, of course, you're looking. With that said, about the Shadowlands at the edge of the city, um, the group, or at the edge of perception for them, the group goes into Thorns, and now it's impossible to hide that there's a Shadowland here. Um, I mean, it makes sense that there would be a Shadowland around. Right. So, basically, what they're seeing is is that Thorns is a dark inversion of, uh, 
of, like, if a necromancer's in charge, but he wants to be good and, like, is having the skeletons and everything do the work. In this case, the ghosts are basically forcing all the mortals to do the work and all the undead are forcing all the mortals to be slaves to them. Um, and the group sees a lot of this. And they also, like, secretly, as they're going through, get approached by, like, resistance members uh, for, for Thorns to kind of be like, hey, when you guys cause some shit, like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start a revolution, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're, they're, like, prepared for this. So, the group basically goes through, and at this point, Percy, I believe, asks one of the Abyssal Circle that's leading them through, I want to say it's Will at this point, who's leading them through, and... Ask him, hey, is it cool that we see that you have an airship dock? Is it cool that we bring our airship here so we can just, you know, get out of here instead of having to walk or walk like 10 miles back? Like, this seems a little... Like, I understand you guys wanted to show off, but, like, can, can we get it here? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gives the, the word to Diego to bring the airship in. So he does. So getting to the Mask of Winters, they're like, well, first you have to go through. We have, we have a couple customs here. So they bring them to a ball. With a bunch of, like, undead ghosts and, like, skeletons and, like, liches and a bunch of undead bullshit is happening. And they're trying to act their best, but anytime that a mortal fucks up, they're basically, like, whipping the mortal. And it doesn't matter what kind of mortal that it is. Like, I think at one point, like, a small child gets whipped for, like, dropping a drink tray or, like, a, uh, like, like something. Like, so I think that, uh... I think, like, Talisman or uh, Wayward, like, fuck up their, uh, like, a dodge roll. And, like, a small child, like, bumps into them and drops the drinks that he was bringing to them. And, like, a ghost just, like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. How dare you insult our guest, blah, blah, blah. How dare you? And just keeps going. Until that Wayward steps in and goes, and basically, like, takes one of the whip strikes and goes, that's not how you treat people. And at this point, the resistance takes that as a sign of, oh, the Solars are here to help us. And all of the mortals start, like, rising up against their undead masters. And, like, it's going swimmingly for them. And I'm not even saying that, like, sarcastically. It sounded sarcastically. It, it, it sounded very sarcastic. It is not. They are winning against the, uh, the undead around them. And the group's just like, we need to talk to the Mask of Winters. And, like, looks at the circle that it, of abyssals that is now gathered near them and just goes, take us to your master. And they're just like, yeah, okay, I guess, I guess we should do that. So they, like, they ascend the undead juggernaut. The Mask of Winters cathedral, where he oversees everything, is on, like, the nape of the neck of the juggernaut. That's just kind of like hunched over with no feet and just a gross, gross monstrosity. And they go in to see the Mask of Winters, and when it, the doors open, the Abyssal Circle just kind of goes, guys, we can't follow you past this, because we, we're going to be told, because we have to follow our Master. Our Master's wish is to meet you alone. So, so the group at this point walks in, and the doors close behind them, and the Mask of Winters is this shrouded, cloaked figure with a, with a literal mask on it that's kind of like a smiling, uh, like, comedy mask. And he's just like... Like the comedy tragedy yeah, mask? Yeah, like the comedy uh -huh. tragedy mask. And he's just like, 
welcome to Thorns. It's a, it's nice to finally meet you all. I've been wanting to talk to you all for quite a while. I've sent so many invites. It's a shame that your full circle couldn't be here, but I see that you finally came. So, what can I do for you? And the group goes in and he's just like, well, what do you know about the opera? And he's just like, I know many things about the opera. And at this point, like, the resistance is being waged uh, down, in, down in Thorns proper. And they're starting to lose as, like, undead things are being summoned from the underworld to... And basically, like, like they're, being, they're being told this by Diego. And Diego's like, guys, we should get... get and they're like, yeah, okay, Diego, get... Get the people onto, onto, uh, onto the airship. Just, just protect them there. That's a good protecting thing. We, we believe in you. You got this. I think at this point they also took a war strider with them just to double check that it would work, just to like be safe. Maybe I don't and know. It, it would miss, make sense. They're missing like half their party right now. So yeah, like they're missing like half their party. And the, uh, the mask of winters is just like, like they're listening to this and just like, oh yes, it's just so nice to see that you're all here, and doing and like doing so well i'm i'm willing to give you any information that you want and they like start asking questions and i think that it's like okay who is the crimson king he's like oh yes i'll give you that for free uh the crimson king uh from my sources in the underworld and the and the feywilds is the son of the wayward son he is made of his uh his blood and the bar your Baroness and the uh, and Shadow Throne, I believe, the Abyssal for the Maiden Beneath the Waves, um, decided to raise him in the Feywilds, which is why he's so much older. Hint, <laughs> hint as to who the mom is. <laughs> so. They ask another question. They're like, okay, well, who's the main beneath the waves? And he's just like, well, I can't tell you that one for free now, can I? That's a trade secret. I'd get lashed by my Neverborn master. So I'll tell you what. You do me one favor, and I'll do it for you. Just something very simple, very, very... There's nothing simple when it comes to a death. Oh, word. no. So he just looks to them, and he just goes... I want all of you to bow. Like, as a show of subservience to me. Like, I'm better than you. Uh, you're asking me for something. I want you all... No, no, it wasn't bow. I want you all to kneel. <laughs> I want you all to kneel. <laughs> and they're just like, they're, they're fucking soldiers. They're not going to do it. So they just kind of... So he... They just kind of go, I want you all to kneel. No, we're not going to do it. And then he starts tapping on his throne. Yep. And he's just like, tap, tap, tap. The longer you wait, the worse it's going to get. What, what do you mean? And he just keeps tapping and tapping and eventually they just start hearing through their, through their comm links is... Diego freaking out as the people that he's saved are just falling dead like around him he has no idea what's going on and he's just like they're just like what the fuck's going on and he's just like every single time that I tap my finger on my throne someone who is living in my city 
dies. Not an undead, a mortal. And he just keeps tap, tap, tapping. If I could find the recording, there's just a point of me just talking to them and just... Like, it just keeps going. And the group refuses to kneel. They do not get their information and they just basically go, you know what? Fuck it. We're not dealing with you. This is this is bullshit. You're you're a monster. We've been trying to We've been trying to work with you and like give you like a good good name because your uh your circle is like is is are seem to be okay people, but the rest of uh but like you're a you're a fucking monster. And they just they just fucking leave and they go on the boat and they leave. And the funny thing about this is is that Basically, by them coming to Thorns, they have done the ma what the Mask of Winter's bidding. So basically, the Mask of Winter's has kept tabs on everyone for the longest amount of time. What this has done at this point is that he knows that whenever you guys go to a city, fucking revolution happens. Whether ha whether it's for the best or not. Volovat got some bullshit happening to it. Lookshy got some bullshit happening to it. Jibei got some bullshit happening to it. He knew that the revolution was there, but he couldn't just murder everyone. He had to find the revolutionary members. So by you guys showing up, it incited the revolution to show up. So he got what he wanted. I mean, it's fair, so... So yeah, so that was Thorns. One of the best uh, sessions that I ever ran and cannot post online. <laughs> so we'll go over to uh, my mini-session for Storm. And that was Storm, Sergei, and the Baroness going to Rathus, which is uh, to the southeast of Sunshade. I actually have some diagrams about how the whole thing is set up, but I'm just not even going to try and go with it. So they end up going there. Storm takes 20 of her spies with her as well. She has 10 that are going ahead of them and then 10 that are staying with her while they're going through. Um, so there's this observatory that's above ground and mostly like a multi-story underground area. Because as we mentioned earlier with Rathus, it was the old Dragon King city. So a lot of it is about, what, about 80-90% of it is underground, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. So most, like I said, most of it's underground. It's like this multi-tiered system for it. And on the way there, they see these crucifixes with old skulls and skeletons and just kind of, they're mostly Roman in nature. Uh, some of them are beastmen, some are fresher ones on there, some are rap talks. Uh, and as they're going along, they see ten hanging corpses that are completely fresh, I guess is the best way to put it. And all ten of those are the ten spies that Storm instead ahead. So that was not great. Uh, so she's like, I'm not leaving them up there. So they take the time to bury her people and then because of this, Storm turns to the other ten that are with her and like, you can leave. I'm not taking you in there. I'm not risking you all. Because um, they just, they asked to leave because it just messed with them. She's like, go, go, just just go. I'm fine with this. I'm not, you know. Storm's not a monster in that aspect when it comes to her network. I, I feel like she treated her spy work, network very well. Um but, like, the people were all flayed open and just hanging there, so that was just not great. Um, the place just smells of death and decay, and there's this miasma that's seeping out from the underground buildings. 
And uh, so now it's just Storm Sergei and the Baroness. So they take the this underground kind of trainway system. It's an underground tram. Yeah. Uh, and they stop to rotate because it's got this weird, like, rotation platform that's kind of in the middle of the tunnels that you just kind of... You, you, it's, uh, I don't know the best way to describe it. Like, it's, you kind of go through, you stop on there, you rotate, and then you can go down another tunnel for it. Mm-hmm. And while they're, they're rotating and they're going, there's this wave of leeches with this central mouth that just show up. And, uh, it clamps down onto the disc, and so Storm and Sergei have to go and just rip it off so that their little tram will keep going. So while they're going along, they just feel like something's watching them. And uh, it moves over to, like, Storm and the Baroness, and then it stops on Sergei and just... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is after we get off the tram. It's while we're going up the stairs. My bad. So they get off the tram, they start going up the stairs, and, you know, like I said, the thing's moving around, and it, it shifts it, to it, them. It's literally, like, three dots that are going from you to the Baroness to Sergei. And it's like the three... Have you ever seen Predator? Yes. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. Uh, so it, it stops on Sergei and then blasts his whole arm off. Um, and so this this is... It's Sergei. It's Storm's, you know, Golden Retriever boyfriend, even though she hasn't really, like, said at this point. But I think at that point I literally had... At intimacy, I know I don't remember if it was minor or major at that point. That was like protectiveness. I want to say, say it was major. I want to say that if you had it at minor, I made you put it to major after you gave him a level a rank four artifact sword. Yeah, uh, but she had an intimacy for you know protectiveness of Sergey. So while he's he has his arm blast off, she turns to the Baroness and is like, "Take care of him," and she just beelines after this thing because she's able to see what it looks like. It's this kind of buff, a short stature uh, person with, like, black markings on them. They look kind of feral, and they've got the smoking, like, large essence cannon. So they take off, Storm takes off after them, and she just follows this dude that blasted Sergei, and they end up fighting, and she just murders him eventually. I want to say that was actually a pretty dope fight. It was one of those times where I kind of went, ironically, it's one of those times where, that again, I went, I really like this system. This system is super fun. Yeah, it's which is so ironic for like, what three, four sessions from now. Yeah, well, it's it's really good for like small fights, like one on ones or like two on twos. It's not great for like a lot of people at the same time. Mm-hmm. At least in my experience from watching it and playing it, it's really good for like smaller fights with that tete a tete back and forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Storm eventually takes him out and just like don't fuck with him. Um, that character, by the way, I don't know if you get the name at any point in there. I don't think I... I think I did, but I might not have written it so down. So the name of that character is Filial Wisdom, who is a canon character. Gotcha. This entire encounter is super hard canon to actually exploring Rathus. Neat. I You probably mentioned that, I just don't remember. Because I think you said he was, like, the god of leeches or, like, the exigent of leeches or something like that. He's actually a solar that gets corrupted by the dark god of leeches. Ah, that's what it was. I knew it had something to do with, like, a god of leeches. I just mm-hmm. couldn't remember exactly what it yes. was. Yes, Hathig Claw. Hmm. Who hmm. I mentioned, I think, like, two episodes ago. Probably? More than likely? Maybe? Uh, but so... It's when we were talking about our 
Why is my brain a sponge for Exalted? Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... Assuming that the Baroness has Sergei, Storm just kind of keeps going up to this observatory. And it's actually a star metal observatory. So she comes up, has that giant star metal observatory. There's this chair just in front of it. And it's Brayton sitting in the chair. She's got a fire wand in her hands, a single shot fire wand. And she's just sitting there with it. So uh, I like to say this is probably one of the easiest and funniest social moments that I had as Storm. Uh, Storm basically just talks to her, and Rayton's just like, you know, you took everything from me, you killed my granddaughter, you took my spy network, you've ruined me at this point. And so, me being the manipulative person that I am, uh, she's just like, talks back and forth a little bit, and she's like, you know what? You know what? You Yes, I've taken everything from you, but there is still one thing you have left that you can take from me. You could take the pleasure of me being able to kill you with my own hands if you just take the fire wand and shoot yourself. You would deny me the pleasure of killing you. And it was enough that she just put the fire wand to her head and killed herself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't That's really... a dark thing for me to walk into. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about this. Yep. Well, I mean, you weren't there. This is my midday session. I don't remember you telling me about this. Yep. I was like, oh, well, fuck. Like I repeatedly say, Storm is not a good person. Uh, so she did some uh, fairly questionable things, but it made sense for her character. It wasn't like she was just jolly, happy-go-lucky character. And all of a sudden, she's like, I'm just going to convince this lady to murder herself. So it makes an easier job for me. <laughs> um. But, uh, and then Storm, you know, like, looted her body basically because she wanted a trophy from Rayton and we had discussed at some point what it was going to be but I don't think we ever decided on it. I don't think we did. Uh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't a skull because that seemed par for the course with No, us. it was, I had like some her like something with her symbol on it or something like that uh, just to prove that it's like, no if anybody questions, like I not only destroy her spy network, she's fucking dead. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, so, after this happened, this tall, muscled, bald man, uh, with, like, essence line tattoos that are, like, put on him, um... They're he, more, like, circuitry as yeah, opposed it, to, it's, like, breeding it, marks. It's very similar. He had a very similar look and feel to Sunshade the Entity, not Sunshade the City, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, he was an alchemical, and we found out, well, I found out, at least, that he was the engine of Autochthonian Inspiration, and basically, he's just trying to figure out who the fuck I am. And he mentioned Sova, the great sovereign nation. And he actually called Storm cattle. And Storm's just like, I'm not cattle. And she flashes her cast mark, which is not something she's prone to do. But the situation seemed to call for it. And basically, he... So this does make sense, I want to say, like, in a year for you guys... Um, as to why that that happened, and you do use this to your advantage once you guys get a little bit closer to where this guy's from, from Sova, yeah. which has never been mentioned before at this point. Yep. But. I think we've mentioned it maybe one other time if that. No, no, no this is all. the first time that okay. Sova gets dropped. I couldn't remember if it did or not. It comes up later, though. Uh, so this dude literally just, like, is like, oh, okay, you know, you're... You're a solar, cool, okay. And he just 
jettisons off like the alchemical do. Uh, he didn't so much jettison off as he uh, actually kind of basically uh, took his... He clicked, he clicked a button and basically it looked like he jettisoned off, but the idea is, is that he actually kind of uh, dimension hopped. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. The, the description of it made me think like he just like, flip off. So. No, he like, it's almost like if Autocathonia is like, because spoilers, he's from Sova, which is an Autocathonia. Yeah. If Autocathonia is right here and Creation is like right here, like back to back, he like flipped where he was. Yeah. Uh, so after he's gone, Storm's like, fuck it. So she goes into the observatory and finds a lot of first age stuff. The, the Baroness and uh, Sergei end up catching up to her, and she, Storm asks the Baroness to do, like, her best to kind of sketch all this first age tech stuff out, because it's not Storm's forte, really. So she's like, okay, make the best sketches that he can, we're gonna go take it to Talisman, maybe she'll be able to understand this shit, because I sure as hell don't. And then uh, Star actually shows up and talks to the group of them, and Storm asks him to look into this alchemical that she just met, um... And, uh, he basically is just like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take it to my people and we'll try and figure some stuff out for you. And that was, uh, Storm's Adventures in Rathus and finally murdering Rayton. Is so. that the end of, uh, that technical one session? Yep, that, uh, that's the, that's the end of that technical one session for, uh, Storm. Well, two sessions, because there's, it's the... It's the filler sessions for everyone else's, uh, well, what so, happened during Thorns, but then it's also the the group getting together and what the hell happened during Thorns. Oh, no, there's, there's, so, yeah, they, they, that's all everybody's, like, mini sessions and, like, separate group stuff, and so now we're gonna go back to the first session that we were talking about, where everybody meets up and is talking about, well, we went to Thorns, here's what happened to Thorns, well, I went to Rathus, here's what happened to Rathus, so here's why there's this dude in our basement now, um... And we find out that uh, Plague of Trust is part of the Eye of Seven Despairs group. He's uh, part of Eye and Seven Despairs circle. Circle, yep. Eye and Seven Despairs is his liege. And so eventually we just kind of send Plague away from us because, you know, some of us just don't really trust what his intentions are there. Uh Murdering Name, your ex-boyfriend. Namely, Storm doesn't trust his intentions there. <laughs> I mean, she knew that he was after him, and she was at that point of like, you know, this dude messed up enough, I just, I can only protect him so much. Mm-hmm. So, he made decisions, and that's what it is. And, you know, poor Talisman's kind of lamenting because she thinks that she has to kill her best friend, uh, Surgeon, because uh, they have uh, to- Thorns? Yeah. Yeah, because she feels like they have to kill the Mask of Winters, which would mean that Surgeon would die in her headscape. It- doesn't mean that Surgeon would die. It means that Surgeon would have to fight them. Yeah. Well, no. Talisman's understanding of how Death Lords work and how Abyssals work is that when you die to exult, and that your your lifeline is literally tied to being an Abyssal, and you only have that through the power given to you by your Death Lord. The explanation given to me by Brendan at like that I received as Talisman was that if you kill the Death Lord, unless you find a way to free those abyssals first and, like, have them slip their leash, when the Death Lord dies, uh, the abyssals die. Yeah, so Talison was kind of lamenting about that fact, but she was very much on the, we need to kill the Mask of Winters. Which was, by the way, incorrect information, but that's more of a, 
you don't know how death hordes and abyssals work. Like, exactly. you have an idea, but like... Like, Talisman doesn't like, like, understand how it works, but she is basically like, well, the right thing to do is to kill the Mask of Winners, but that means that I'm going to fight, have to fight and possibly murder my best friend. Right, which is... Killing the Mask of Winters would not kill the Abyssal. Killing their Neverborn might. Good but, fucking luck with that. But the uh, but killing the Mask of Winters would basically just free them of their liege, but not their master. Yeah. So this is happening. There's a, a knock on the door of the Yushan Mons, and it's Shadow Throne. Yay! And we find out. Who finally gets to see the whole group? Yep, and we find out that, uh, you know, his circle and him are actually our neighbors in Yushan. It's great. It's totally great. And, uh, so Behemoth ends up taking, uh, Abel to the Sidereals, and the Sidereals say that they'll take care of him. And then we finally get to go to the north after this. Um... So everyone but the Baroness, Diego, and Dayman all end up going with up, us up to the north. Uh, the Baroness stayed at the city. The Dayman is up in Yushan yep. because that's Neftolius. part of the deal with Neftolius. And um, Diego has PTSD. And Diego has hard PTSD from going to Thorns. Yep, that's fair. Fair. Yeah, and we're not about to be like, you still need to come with us, even though you're clearly dealing with some stuff right now. We're not those people. Yeah, I mean, we know you're going through some shit. You might be having some serious anxiety and possible you, PTSD You, you stay at home, wrap but, uh, yourself in a blanket. Can you uh, soak it up and deal with it? <laughs> stay home, wrap yourself in a blanket, Would here's some tea. Would have been the solar response, but... I, we're monsters, you, but we're not always monsters. After, after you guys saw what the fucking Mask of Winters did to everything in Thorns, you guys at least had a very like, oh yeah, that was very fucked up because he was trying to protect all those people and then just tap, 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 tap. Literally nothing he could do. Literally nothing he yeah. could do. He's just screaming in your ear that they're all dying and he can't And that's do when we put the mute function on those. <laughs> Probably not a great idea. Well, eventually it evolved into we could... Do it to where we could just talk to pinpoint people and not everybody to make right. it easier. We learned after a while. <laughs> hey man, it's like radios if you work in any kind of like retail establishment. You know, there's the ones that are pushed to talk. Yeah. I mean, we, we eventually, it was everybody who had one could hear it. And then it's like, we're going to make it so everyone could hear We're just going to change the settings so everyone could hear it or just certain people could hear it. Let's, let's make our lives easier. Because not everybody needed to hear everything. Uh... So, I am going to butcher the Bull of the Norse name, so if you want to say it instead of me. Jürgen Kanako. Yeah, see, I was going to butcher that. Jürgen Kanako? Jürgen Kanako. Yeah. Jürgen. And I'm pretty sure I even spelled it wrong, so I know I spelled How'd it wrong. How'd you spell it right? I spelled it wrong. Okay. <laughs> How'd you spell it right? <laughs> How'd you spell it, though? Not correctly, because I started the, se- the second word with a G, because that's how I heard it was Ganico. No. Yeah. It's Jurgen Ganinko. Literally Ganago is how Jurgen, I spell. Jurgen Ganinko. Like I, I spelled comic. it like Jurgen Ganago and I because I just misheard it and I even wrote like in the parentheses this is not the right spelling pretty much. Uh, You're precious. But that's the Bull of the Norse real name. So we go up there we get escorted by one of his flying boats to the Mother's Hearth uh, and uh, you know this place is big. I literally have Displace is big. Uh, it's actually bigger than Sunshade, which is still, you know, building itself up. 
Uh, Sergei Surefire, Ranith, and Tepeda Java lead the way to the Bull of the Norse Chambers. Um, we go through the, the hearth hall of Mother's Hearth, and the bull is just sitting on top of uh, this animal rug next to a fire and roasting food. He's got very, like, dark skin and a very muscular form. And he's in his 50s, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samea's there, which is the Zenith cast for his... Or Zenith equivalent for his group. Um, we, I have a note about the bastion of realm activity in the north, so I think we ended up talking about that. Um, and then just... Pretty much everyone kind of pings their cast marks, like lunars and solars alike, except for Storm. And then there's just a lot of conversation, and he shows Talisman a lot of her old projects. And we learn a little bit about Gethamane, how it's this uh, walled city that was built in the mountains, and the walls have basically been sealed for about a year and a half. Uh, we actually find out that Sergey is from there, and we'll find out more about that, you know, next session. And but yeah, it's just a very. You guys also of... don't know it, but uh, Surefire is also from there. I mean, they're, it, they're made, both, it, it made sense. They're both like old friends who somehow managed to exalt as like lunars. It works. It makes sense. Uh, but yeah, the place is really heavily fortified, and it's got like this magic material gates, and that's actually the end of that session. All right, guys, so that's about all that we're really going to be able to get through tonight. Um, unfortunately, the next two sessions... Um, technically, like, three, technically. technically. three, but the next two are going to definitely require a full episode on their own because there's a session that basically f- gives me the idea to switch to a different system because this is just... Not working, and I really want to have time to go over with Christina about what we enjoyed about Exalted 3rd Edition and what we did not enjoy about Exalted 3rd Edition. So basically what we're going to do is, like, the next episode is going to be a very combat-heavy episode where we're going to go through a boat battle. Um, Why you don't hit the Golden Retriever Lunar and what happens when you do. Uh, And then we're going to fight a second-level demon? Second-circle demon. Second-circle demon uh, named Octavian. And then after that, the the next episode will be where we switch over to Goddown. Right. So I wanted to give us some time to act, instead of having this be two hours of us just talking, uh-huh. and then two hours of me having to edit it later, I wanted, uh, I wanted to actually give us time to actually give kind of, I guess, our ideas and, re- I guess, our review of how we felt about Exalted Third Edition. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good way to end this. Mm-hmm. Um... Or, yeah, to end this, uh, I guess, section of our game. The, the Exalted version of yeah, it. Yeah, the Exalted version of Exalted. The Exalted play system version of it. Yeah. So, um, like always, remember to like, subscribe, comment, download, follow. If you're listening to us on iTunes, five-star review always helps. That lets us get out to more ears. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at a pair of dice lost and Julia at GM Crow One. If you want to send questions into us, we've not gotten questions in a couple of months, and we would love to answer some questions. You can send them into a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. The next episode that should be going up uh, the day following this one should be uh, the second episode of Iron Kingdoms, where the uh, role play actually happens. Um, and you guys get to listen to, like, five minutes of me trying to figure out how the fuck to do a French accent. It's great. It's really not great. 
it, I, I didn't say the accent was great. Just listening to you try and do a, a listening French. to me try. I I keep saying that I'm going to edit that out, and I'm not going to because it's too funny listening to me trying to get an accent going. Okay, so um, for a pair of dice lost podcasting channel, I've been Brendan. This has been Christina. I like eggs. That's Julia, Julia. coming in at the end. Um, and always remember, guys, let the good dice roll. Thanks. Bye.